Hey, Sprocket Podcast listeners, this is Aaron, and I am out of town, and so is Guthrie. And so we are going to rebroadcast and repost our episode with Brian Benson and Leah Benson. Um, We called them on the episode the Benson Twins. Uh, They're not actually twins, but they um, are pretty awesome uh, pair of siblings. Uh, This is also the episode where we invented the hashtag Boat Month, which we haven't referenced in a while, but it was quite a hit um, at its time, and maybe it's time for a revival. Uh, If you are just new to the show, this is a great episode to start off with. And also, you can head to thesprocketpodcast.com and hear every single episode that we've ever made, all the way to the very first episode. Um... Yeah, so, hey, thanks for listening, and I will see you when I'm back from Montana. Let me make sure I know what's going on. And it should be patently obvious that I do not. Patently. Mm-hmm. Do you say patently or patently? Patently. Mm-hmm. I should have a patent on the obviousness that I do not know what is going on. Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dennis. And I'm Aaron Flores, with a head cold from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. You know what's going to help that head cold? What would help One that? of these Portland ginger oh, brews. Yeah. It's going to clear you right up. I turned it upside down for you already. Thank Inverted you. the bottle. Thank you. I'll have to wait a second before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are the All show the that stuff's already <laughs> off the bottom. Great. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say that we're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way, like that ginger brew. And uh, our guest over here is enjoying something from Fort George, which we'll talk about in just a minute. And I'm enjoying. I'm actually not enjoying it yet. I, I have a beer in front of me that I will open. All of these purchased at Beer Mongers because we love that place. Those guys are pretty cool. They're all right. So, uh, where we leave? Oh, what are we talking oh, about? Yes, and then I'm supposed to say covering bicycling, <laughs> trains, transit, and simpler living. And today, once again, the Benson twins. That's right. Yes, they are twins. Fraternal <laughs> twins. And what's the other one? Identical. Yes. Eternal identical twins. At the same time. <laughs> Brian Benson, hello. How are you? I'm doing really well. How yeah. are you? I'm, I'm, pro- I'm okay. I am actually dragging because uh, while most people had a spring break last week, I did not. Uh, I was working at uh, training, actually. I was being trained to train people how to drive school buses, which was an exciting thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. I was doing that last week, too. Oh, really? No. Dude, you and I have so many similarities. <laughs> yeah, I spent a week uh, listening to people talk and driving buses around. I got upgraded so that I can now drive an 84-passenger school bus. Mm. Oh, yeah, you, you uh, snapped a picture of that. That's oh, yeah. freaking huge. It's enormous. Uh, it's only 40 feet long, but uh, it's it's a big bus. So is most it? of my most of my week was spent driving those around and learning how to do things with them. Is it bigger than the Cascadia Cruiser? Uh, it's about the same size. Okay. So um, what I found out was that uh, uh, there was some homework stuff I had to do as well. So I was not only going to class and driving big buses around the town of Salem, Oregon, I was also working on a project where I had to con- construct a route to train people on 
that had to be approved by the ODE. So that was like, I don't know how much of my grade that was a part of, and it hasn't been graded yet, so I don't know if I passed. Oh, no. But uh, I, I feel pretty confident in that. So anyways, that's what I spent all of last week doing. Did not do anything I wanted to do until like Thursday evening. So, And then Thursday evening, I walked to the capital of Oregon. I oh, looked yeah. at the uh, the gold leaf statue, uh, which is called the Oregon Pioneer. I want to say, huh. yeah, he's uh, this tall dude that's like looking, uh, facing northward and looking west. Like the statue is like coated in gold leaf. It is. It's a statue of a giant gold leaf. Oh, it's it's coated in gold leaves, oh, okay. <laughs> and leaves of gold. Uh, they're not actual leaves, but it's yeah. gold that's been hammered out in the shape of a leaf. They, they're really careful and uh, and cautious to as, make it look like an actual as. tree leaf. Yeah, Gold so. is an interesting metal in that you can hammer it to one molecule thick. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Which That was a fact. Were that you aware of this, Brian? I was not, no. Yeah. I, neither am I until now. Yep. That's fascinating. Wow. Okay. So suffice to say, I did not sleep um, much. But uh, I did that. Then I came home, and I stayed up late and went to a rock show. And then I went to see my family up on the, the Washington coast. So I have not yet rested. I intend to rest tomorrow. When you, I'm, you I'm the have, seventh day. <laughs> when I'm dead, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you don't have to go to You do have to go to work. Tomorrow. I have to go to work. But then in the middle of the day, oh, I'll rest. Right so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, sir, have been building a wheel. Uh, no. No. I've been building two wheels. Oh, that's a good clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yesterday and all of today spent uh, threading and lacing the spokes on my front and rear wheels. Does that uh, make you nervous at all? Uh, It did right at first. um, I did everything super well, the uh, front wheel. Because that's the easiest, right? Um, and then got up, went onto the rear wheel. Still was like really careful, but missed just one small detail. Ah, and it's it's one of those things where like if you're if you're threading the spokes in, uh-huh. and you have like you know you you space them out, you know, so right. many different mm-hmm. spokes like apart or holes apart mm-hmm. as you're as you're doing this, and. I was off by one on one spoke. Uh oh! Didn't notice this until like I was at least twelve more spokes <laughs> ahead of that. Does that mean and you had to take all you of them like, out? Listen to the nipples too, so you have to detach all of them. Well, I didn't, but I was. I mean, I was at this one spot where I was like cramming the yeah. spoke into the nipple to try to thread it, and was just like frustrated. Why can't I do this? In other right. were uh, in other news, uh, the the. <laughs> part that you use to attach the spoke to the rim is called a nipple <laughs> just right. to clarify verification uh, yes I, for anyone who might not know i couldn't i i couldn't say it for a long time <laughs> yep. without without sneaking <laughs> i wouldn't think so you got to twist a lot of nipples to build a wheel mm-hmm. um have yeah. you built wheels before this i've is not this, this is my first set of wheels awesome. um i finally got it done uh well i should i should clarify i've got them laced ah. mm-hmm. Uh, the tension and the dishing and all the other stuff to make it complete will come tomorrow, maybe. Okay. I feel like the lacing is for me the hardest part, the most frustrating. That's what too, everybody like once, says. Yeah, once once you get it together, it's you know tedious and kind of long to do all the tensioning, but I think it's fun. Right. right. Uh, how it's, many? It's very satisfying once you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Like once I've got that like laced, I was like. 
Like, that oh was my like god, that was, yeah, yeah. Being um, done is the best part. Well, yeah, once it's laced, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know how the brain works. All those reward uh, endorphins secrete all at once. What you got there? Oh, this is the uh, let's see the the P fifty one porter from uh, Wingman Brewers up in Tacoma. Right on. Yeah, I was going to ask Brian how many wheels have you built? I've built probably maybe three or four sets. Um, three or four sets. That's at least six wheels. That, I Maybe think eight. so. Yeah, could be six to eight. Who knows? Really, <laughs> it's a lot of wheels. Say, wait, is one of them a trike? <laughs> um, that no. changes things. A I've lot. just built wheel sets a bunch because I've taken them on tours. Yeah, and I bust the the rear wheel. I've had a wheel stolen. I like about a month after building my first wheel, I got hit by a car. Oh and man, ended up looking like a dolly painting. Oh, wow. No. So, uh, so all, like, I had the opportunity the to, to learn a lot about wheel building. Okay. Yeah, it was dripping off the table. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it, it turned into candle wax. That's intense, man. <laughs> but it's a great skill to have because I mean that I go through a wheel every year. Yeah, and as much as I like the the people at Velocult building wheels for me, they do a fantastic job. I should know how to do that. And I want to say that the first, uh, it's maybe maybe it's not the first. What is but it? Oh, no, there's just a, a Rivendell on their website. Rivendell Bikes yeah. has a list of tips of things you should do, and one of those is at least once build your own wheel. Build your own wheel. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what is it that you wear out? Is it the hub or the, uh, generally the rims? Yeah. Because I have rim brakes. And so, you know, I I have one bike I use for everything and that wheel goes through all kinds of dust in the summer and grit in the winter. And yeah. Imagine if you just get a heartier hub, um, you could probably hang on to that same hub and just relace it to different. Uh, rims each you, time. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You can do the rim transfer where you like tape all the spokes together so they don't move out of their configuration and then just drop the new rim on. Oh, you can't serious? I had to do that one time after I'd not done it many times. <laughs> like, oh, really? That saved, yeah, because it saves all the nonsense of trying to figure out how the spokes lace together right. and, you know, getting that configuration right. Yeah. So how is how important is it that you start with new spokes? Can you just like take the old ones and use them if they're still holding up? I, I shouldn't speak as an expert here. Oh, okay. I'll speak well, let's talk to one who is. Oh, hey, look who's here. <laughs> Leah Benson, now just joining the studio. Let me turn Expert her wheel builder. Straight from Portland's the tax best. man. It's good to see you, Leah. Yeah. Well, oh, it was. Okay, excuse yeah. me. See, there's a problem. There's another gendered problem. Yeah. I'm not, I, I am making assumptions about the fact that the tax preparer is a man. I'm leaving. When the tax preparer is not. So I apologize hey, it's for that. The tax preparer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the song doesn't quite have the same ring. It's like, what was it? Yeah. Uh, hey, Mister Postman from the Carpenters, is that it? Or who who sang that? I couldn't tell. You. No, it's not. I don't the think the Carpenters. Probably not. I think we're talking like Phil Spector. Some oldies yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, with a wall of sound. The Carpenters mm. were more like. If I, I had know. a hammer, yeah, they were yeah. on top of the world. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. on top of the world. Okay. Well, anyways, all that to say, that uh, hello, hello. <laughs> we were just talking about hey. building wheels. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And what were we asking? Uh, can we reuse spokes? Like, Can you if, reuse the old spokes? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's physically possible to reuse spokes, but like, would you do that if you were building a wheel? Not if I was doing it for a customer. Okay. <laughs> what if you were building one up from uh, an old hub that you had lying around? Um, I think it depends. I, I'd say only if you were um, experienced enough at wheel building that you knew when a spoke was too far gone. Oh, okay. So um, Jim, who works at the shop with me, is like a master reuser of parts. 
And he's built many a wheel for himself using used spokes, hubs, rims, whatever. Mm. But that's because he really knows what he's doing and has <laughs> has looked at many spokes and hubs to know what's worth saving and what's not. Gotcha. So I wouldn't recommend it if you don't feel like you're up to the task because you could really, you know, hurt yourself. Or if you have a really good friend who can just look at that for you and tell you as they've told me, <laughs> yeah, dude, you can totally reuse those spokes, then it's okay. Okay, yeah. there we go. You just like, need a friend. Yeah. Yes. Don't we all? <laughs> Either a, con- <laughs> a confident friend or a wise friend mm-hmm. or both. Cocky friend. There we go. Yeah. Is that like halfway between? Is that fair to say? Halfway between. I don't know. It's kind of its own category. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we should call Marin before it gets too much later because I think oh, she's yeah. waiting around for us. I had some Twitter things, but uh, if you want to read the responses to Aaron's wheel building experience, uh, that's, that's oh, coming really? right up. They're, they're yeah, on. they're on the Twitter. Uh, let me call Marin here. Who's Marin? Oh, uh, Marin Souders. Thank you for asking. Yeah. We're going to call her right now because uh, she has been working on a petition to Amtrak to provide vegan meals on like, their. This on is their what happens course. when you're late to class. Oh, we get to listen to. But Skype I didn't know either. Too. I like that Leah's response was to actually ask a question, whereas I just like vacantly stared at the wall and drooled a little bit. Good, Marin. Yeah, I just feel more entitled to knowledge. This is our favorite song now. Everybody Scott, now. Call in. What? Hello? Hey, Merritt, how's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Sorry, we were just singing along to the Skype song that it makes when it calls somebody. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but it, it's become far more uh, rhythmic and uh, bouncy since the, the last time I used Skype. So, anyways, oh, thank no. you. Thank you for taking time out of your evening to share. <laughs> Tell us about what happened with your petition. Well, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, we gathered over 15,000 signatures. I contacted the CEO of Amtrak, and he forwarded my email to uh, the VP of Customer Service, Tom Hall. And he got back to me within 48 hours and said something kind of supportive but a little bit tepid, like, yeah, sounds great. We've been kind of thinking about this. We'll keep it in mind. And also mentioned that um, they had tried some vegan options on the train before and had a lot of spoilage, and they're up against a lot of uh, you know logistical and financial constraints. So... I uh, decided, you know, I wanted to be persistent. It kind of sounded like that. He was hoping that would be the end of the conversation, and uh. I did not want that to be the end of the conversation. So I wrote back and indicated that um, I wanted to continue the dialogue, and that it's, you know, made made a few points about why it's important to have vegan options on the train, and also really took into account what he was saying about the um, the constraints that they're under. And I I believe that. And as a matter of fact, at one point I. Um, went to I, I was kind of curious about this guy so I, I googled him and I found some congressional testimony that he gave where uh, a member of Congress was just kind of uh, haranguing him about the, um, the the food losses, food and beverage losses that Amtrak really does incur every year, it's kind of a loss for them and uh, anyway so I, I could see that this was, this was all very real but I also still believe that um, having Vegan options on the train not only is important for vegans, but, you know, it could really be a positive thing for Amtrak. It could help them bring in a new demographic and uh, really kind of become more of a futuristic agency like they're like they're hoping to do, um, not just not kind of a stodgy thing. So anyway, in addition to that, so, OK, so I so I sent all this in a letter to him. Didn't hear anything back. Didn't hear anything back. And I was like, oh, man, I really, you know, I got to keep working on this. 
So I put out the word to all the 15,000 people who had signed the petition and let them know that we needed some more uh, letters and people needed to write specific letters and uh, talk about uh, you know, suggestions and make really constructive suggestions as to the kinds of um, food they could have on there or if anybody was, you know, knew anybody in the food service industry or anybody who could help in that way. So, you know, out of 15,000 people, probably only a handful of them even opened the email realistically. But five or six of those people did send really amazing letters and I requested that they um, CC me on them. So I got to read them and I was really impressed with how intelligent, articulate, persuasive and positive they all were. And sure enough, within a week of this, um, of these letters kind of trickling in about once a day, uh, Tom Hall got back to me and was willing to have a phone conversation with me. We had a great phone conversation and, uh, he, he agreed to it. Excellent. So what can we expect from Amtrak next time we're sitting in the dining car? Well, it's going to be a year before this happens. They have a culinary advisory board that meets every October. Okay. And that's that's made up of, uh, you know, chefs and cookbook authors and, and, and restaurant owners and things like that. And then they come up with that culinary advisory board comes up with two menus for the following year, a spring summer menu and a fall winter menu. And so they're going to be rolling that out as of the next spring summer menu. So probably about a year from now. And they haven't decided on the particular dishes yet, but I've been sort of helping them with that as well. So um, there should be there should be some good options as of about a year from now. Okay. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your hard work on that petition and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to update us. It's good yeah. to have someone like you who cares uh, working on, on that advocacy end. And for people that uh, are not vegan but like vegan things, I salute you and say thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. There we go. That's exciting news. That, uh, that I don't know. It, it just seems like Amtrak is one of those organizations that is so entrenched and so, like, old school that they will never change. But just like the option of somebody having a roll-on service roll where you can hang your bike on a train and go, you know, from Portland to Chicago, uh, I like this idea. So I think they want to change, too. They do. Yeah, and a lot of people want them to change. It's just like it's slow because yep. at least like the trains. Am I right? No. <laughs> so right. Can, can I just point out, too, um, Amtrak has um, a culinary advisor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dep- like, yes. depending on your experience with Amtrak's food systems, uh, you might or might not believe that. Yeah, um, I mean, full disclosure, I've only ever gone to the snack car. Yeah, cafe I realize, car. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've had their meals on the in the dining car, and they're not bad. Yeah, uh, but they are really meat and potatoes. So, like, if you don't like meat, you're not going to have a good time there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and and Marin, of course, for anybody who hasn't heard her interview yet, um, she was the one that was promised vegan meals, and then found out they forgot to put her her options on, and uh, then she was stuck eating baked potatoes and side salads uh, for like every meal for a couple days. Oh, so, sadness. Yeah, kind of a bummer. But, yeah, especially when uh, the difference between coach and um, a sleeper car arrangement, which includes the dining car. Oh, right. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big difference in price. Mm-hmm. And so when you're paying that premium. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. When Amtrak is late, um, 
which it often is. I love Amtrak, first of all. But oh, I me take too. the Empire Bill there a million times. And yeah. almost every time it's been just massively, irrevocably late because a lot of the time of the, the oil, the fracking spills. Oh, yeah. But um, generally when, when they're late, they will either order Subway or KFC or if it's like a really, really late one. Oh, but really? Really? For vegans, wouldn't probably be the <laughs> no. best thing to get like a huge tub of a greasy, nasty fried chicken. We got you well, that animal has combo. Some great yeah. vegan options. It does. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Pickle sandwich. I believe we have Jared here to tell us <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, Subway is one of my most favorite uh, fast food restaurants because they don't they don't look like a fast food restaurant. They're not supposed to be, but they really are. Uh, but they are my favorite. Like of all the ones, like if all I have is fast food to choose from, I will go to Subway. You know, my boyfriend was a sandwich artist for a few really? weeks, and I think that's really what drew me towards it. Days, Did he get pretty good at uh, making sandwiches, though? I think there was a reason it was a short career. Oh, okay, all right. He wasn't artistic enough. No, but or he, he was too artistic. I think that's wasn't his medium. <laughs> Not a lot of call for Salvador Dali sandwiches. That's well, <laughs> the tomato is just kind of Not, sliding off. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he was just ahead of his time. Yeah. The sandwich of the future will be yeah. served by Amtrak. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk. First of all, we got a couple announcements, right? There's a couple of things I need to pull up. Um, let's. Can we mention Snack Parade? Snack Parade. It's live, right? It's it's, live. it's on a Tumblr. It's on yeah. a Tumblr. Wow. We, yeah, I know. We we put it out there to the world. So far, we have 200-some downloads, as All far right. as I can tell. I know. That's People are listening to us episode. talk about absolutely nothing. And Snack Parade is you talking about absolutely nothing? Pretty much. Yep. It's Ex- expound <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, it's a podcast with me, Leah, from Gladys Bikes, and Natalie from Sweet Pea Bikes, and the tagline that we came up with was two bikey Portland ladies talking about what turns their cranks because it's kind of cute and incredibly vague because it's oh, mainly yeah. <laughs> it's mainly just the two of us um, talking about things that we talk to each other about pretty much every day. That's like podcasting, right? Yeah, yeah. I understand I that think, uh, Barb Benson was an important part of the first podcast. Barb Benson's a really important part of it. Our mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. Um, our mothers are a really important part of the podcast in general. Oh, nice. Um, I was really glad to see that there's actually a way to have people call in on phones here because we had talked about that being a possibility without oh, yeah. actually knowing oh, really? how that happens. I'll yeah. show you how. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically our, our goal is to be two women who own um, businesses in the bike industry and um, Talking about what it's like to do that, but also everything else that encompasses our lives. Especially snacks. Especially snacks. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it kind of goes without saying that, that <laughs> snacks are a part of our lives and everyone's lives. Am I right, guys? I like the uh, on the website, that, or is it the website or somewhere, one of your social media profiles has, uh, it's just donuts yeah. floating around in, in space. In space. Yeah, those were actually, um, that comes from a fabric that I made cycling caps out of for the shop. Um, they were the donuts in space right. cycling caps. Yeah, they were. That's right. Those went fast, right? Those went fast. Yeah. I got I got them, and they were gone within forty eight hours. I was lucky enough to get one. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at you! I haven't seen you wear it yet. Uh, it's because I gave it to someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's because I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those things are worth a pretty penny sold these it at, days at a premium. Yeah. Sure, on Instagram you can get quite a few dollars. <laughs> so it's snackparade.tumblr.com. Snack paraders. Snack paraders. Because someone took snack parade already. Those oh, bastards. Seriously. They're not even using it. 
cool. Uh, it's always it, all the best handles. <laughs> yeah. It was Brian. <laughs> Brian just pointed to himself. He's Why like, do you take everything I love? <laughs> <laughs> and who, who produces this for you? How, how did Some you jerk. get a podcast made? Well, let me tell you about it. We would not have anywhere near to anything um, without Aaron. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Your um, engineer. Our engineer, our everything, really. I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. That it was very hard. I got to say, it was very hard not to just like turn on my microphone and chime in from time to. But wait, <laughs> that's when you Service. just you become the producer in the back. They're just like, it was got a laughing off. Mic. You're like the Kevin Eubank role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you just laugh at everything they say. Well, immediately after we like stopped recording, Aaron turns to us and he's like, "Wow," I was like really glad to be here i just felt special you guys like immediately like really opened up and went really deep and that's the point to <laughs> yeah. which we realize that like the reason that we get along is because we're both massive oversharers nice. so maybe the podcast should be like snack parade a podcast for oversharers everywhere oversharers right. anonymous yeah yeah no well anonymous. and i don't I don't know if it was right after the first episode, but sometime after the first episode, you mentioned how proud you were that you didn't mention bikes at all in the first episode, other than just saying that you guys rode bikes, and that was it. Yeah. That which, is true, yeah. Which I, I began to feel a little bit weird about, like maybe we were supposed to talk about bikes, but we've been getting a lot of feedback from folks, actually, that it's really nice to have, like quote-unquote bikey people talk about things that aren't bikes. That are not bikes. Yeah. Tell us about it, right? <laughs> well, just in the real issues facing the snack community. <laughs> we did You're delve into some voice, pretty finally. real shit. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, well, well, consider, for example, the fact that, you know, it is possible to eat an entire pizza by oneself. I can testify to this because I have done or so. Or more. <laughs> or more, yeah. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities. That's, yeah. that's about as far as I'll go into that here. But if, you, if you're willing to do the independent research, you could <laughs> yourself find out. There are anecdotes available online of how many pizzas might be consumed. Yeah. So uh, Maybe even on this podcast. Maybe. Could yeah, be. On a past podcast. That's Oh, that was here too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. I talk about that's it a right. lot. I'm really okay. proud. <laughs> so really, we don't have to beat around the bush. This is this is an accomplishment. This is an achievement. <laughs> yeah, I'm an eater, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to notice. Uh, we're still running our Spinlister credit contest. We have a ten dollar gift certificate to Spinlister, the bicycle peer to peer rental service. Someone oh, tried yeah. to rent mine uh, today, and it's not ready. The wheel isn't built yet, so <laughs> um, <laughs> they always come in at the wrong time. Uh, but yes, when did you most need a bike but not have one? So uh, send us your anecdote. We will enter you into the running for that uh, $10 credit to Spin Lister. Um, Inspired to Ride, the film, is coming. That's uh, Nathan Jones, and he's been raving about the other participants as well. Uh, I'm, I've got to work that night. I'm so, oh, I'm so sorry. disappointed. Okay. Well, uh, that means there's one more seat in that theater for one of our listeners who is available <laughs> and go. wants to come to the whoever, showing. Whoever tweets at us first. Yeah. I want to say I paid 15 bucks for my ticket, and it, uh, it's probably going to be worth it. That's a great sell, isn't it? What I mean is it's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, The trailer is up now, actually, and uh, it looks awesome. Uh, uh, speaking of Nathan Jones, he just posted a video on his Facebook. Uh, of It just says, like, another lazy Sunday, but it's him riding a fat bike, like, on all of these different surfaces in and around town. Oh, that's uh, cool. Going up and down stairs. Uh, one is, I believe, the Broadway Bridge stairs. Um Oh, you, you know, mean- like near NATO Parkway? Oh, wow. Is it NATO still at that point? But, yeah, anyways. Like up the bridge stairs. Down. Down the bridge, the bridge stairs. stairs. Okay. Yeah. That's wonder- almost as impressive. 
I wonder if his mom knows he's doing that. <laughs> probably. Well, his mom's <laughs> probably not dangerous. on Facebook. I wonder know. if our mom knows he's doing that. <laughs> She's worried. She'd be so worried. <laughs> he's wearing a helmet. Yeah. Well, that that's good then. Okay. He's, he's going to be all right. But yeah. it was a cool video. It was, yeah. It was really neat to see, you know, that um, you don't have to have dirt to have a fat bike and have fun. That guy's going to do wheelies on every continent soon. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that that's all happening. That's, uh, what is it, the April 18th in Portland, and the film is going to other places as well. So uh, there's that. And Rolling Oasis Grocers, uh, former co-host Brandon Rhodes, is launching an expansion I said it was a Kickstarter, but it's some other crowdfunding site. Uh, he's hosting an event at the Community Cycling Center's offices this Thursday. So if you want to uh, help support a uh, a local business that is kind of starting up, getting bigger, and delivering healthy, organic, local produce to people by bike, these are all things we like. So uh, that's happening. And we're going to have him and Michael from the Community Cycling Center in very soon. Oh, sweet. I think it might be next week, actually. I gotta look at my calendar. <laughs> Anyways, that's happening. But the Kickstarter is April's showing. wide open. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, but also, if if you just like the idea of this uh, and would like to see it get bigger, you don't have to come to the party. You can. It's it's a crowdfunding thing, so you can be on the crowd. You could you could be part of the crowd in the cloud. There you if go. you want. Can I sell that to somebody? Sounds like Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I think those are all of our announcements and. We were going to start with mail because we we're going to wait for Leah to show up. But Leah's here. I'm here. So um, there, there were. Uh, I wanted to talk about your adventure, Brian, because you just referenced something. I had no idea that that was the case, but uh, it sounds fascinating. This is not why we had thing. you in. No, but, but now, now it is. I felt like I had now. to do something this weekend because I had nothing else to talk about. I literally just <laughs> laid on my face since the book came out doing nothing. So. <laughs> oh, shit. What am I going to do? Yep. They got me yep. on again. <laughs> yeah. And then, Leah, you're here. So we, uh, we want to pick your brain about things too i'm here so uh should we start with the kayaking adventure we, we could tell tell us about your kayaking adventure brian and um, brian benson you also just by the way are the author correct of uh, going somewhere i think so a memoir yes. it was it was that the, was there a tagline or a subtitle yeah a bicycle like journey across the united states that was it okay yeah <laughs> it was a great book so last well, time you. you last time i saw you in person uh i had not finished the book i was now, so mad at you and now i have <laughs> Uh, and it was a fantastic book. So. At the point where you're at the northern shore of Superior, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good part. Yeah. That's right around my only appearance in the book, I think. Oh, really? I haven't yeah. got there yet. Oh no, you you probably missed it. I think it was a little bit before it. Oh, yeah. She okay. uh, she barfs on mom. Oh, barfed on mom. There were other appearances, but they got cut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> where there's only that so many times much you can mention barfing uh, in a book, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did things besides barf. Oh, those okay. just didn't. Make, you know, the editor felt that that was her strongest <laughs> element, really. So. <laughs> she comes through really well in this scene. Not so much with the dialogue. <laughs> really <laughs> good at yeah. eating things and really good at like returning things that up. have been eaten. Yeah, that's true. Mom. Yeah. We'll give yeah. <laughs> so anyways there's that book where 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 could people find that uh they can find it pretty pretty much anywhere um at any bookstore here in town you know powell's annie blooms broadway books um but also i have a website brianbensonwrites.com that's and right so then there's links from that site to uh, all the different places you can pick it up thanks Such for reminding me gladys bikes Oh, that's right. Gladys Bikes is a bookstore now. No, just a Brian Benson. Book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very specific kind of bookstore. It is yeah, a man. singular bookstore. It will sell you this one book. Are there copies left of Gladys Bikes? There are. There are only two copies left. I need to reorder them. 
there are two copies of Gladys Bikes, you could have this special get mm-hmm. final two copies yeah. of Gladys Bikes. You could hear me overshare about my brother in person while buying his book. <laughs> I might just be sitting in a chair awkwardly staring at you also. So. <laughs> I do that. I loiter. And this is all this is all for free. This sounds like something you would pay for, an experience that would cost something somewhere else. Yeah. So Yeah, it's it's like one thing to get an author to sign your book, but to have an author forcibly sign your book is it's another Come thing. Here. Let me sign that. Give it. Come here. You're Come not, here. Allowed, not allowed to leave. Yep. I like that my signed copy says I signed your crack. And I can't remember which of you came up with that. that okay, was, it was, that yes, was definitely, that was yes. Because it was right along where, where the papers meet in Brian, the middle of the spot. I think Brian's, uh, Brian's little, uh, whatever you call that before you sign it, dedication? Uh, yeah, inscription, sure. sure. Inscription was like, why are you making me do this? Oh, right, the pressure's, too, pressure's on. Yeah. Too I feel much like pressure. I had to come up with something witty in the moment, and I didn't. So then I just wrote about not coming up with something witty in the moment. <laughs> which you is, on it, you just confuse everybody. Right, in right, itself right. is exactly. witty, yes. And so, you know. You kind of win on so both counts. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So uh, you had a kayaking adventure. I did, yeah. I've uh, I've got a friend, another Brian, actually. Ooh. Um, we're, we are legion. Compounded. Yep. And uh, he has done this trip from Portland to Astoria for, I think, here, his brother, actually an identical twin brother. Really? Much like, like a real twin. Hey, we already identified as identical <laughs> and fraternal twins <laughs> <laughs> earlier today. I missed that. <laughs> Yeah, like a real twin, I guess, if okay. you want to put it that way. He and his brother have done it um, for six years now, and they've talked about it, and I haven't been able to make it. But, uh, but yeah, this year I was able to, so we left on Friday from Portland from the boat that I'm living on, actually, which is another thing entirely. Let's and talk about that next. So from St. John's, and we uh, it was an 87-mile paddle over three days, and I had done a total of like 14 miles of paddling so far this year, so I really did a good job training, and then we did 35 the first day. There we go. Um, and yeah, it was a great trip. So Brock, you said you were in Astoria. Did you see all the sea lions? You know, I have been to Astoria and seen the sea lions before, but we weren't close enough to the docks this time around. We went the other way up to the column and mm. climbed that and looked around. And so I right. got the big picture. Uh, but you and I were both at Fort George rowing possibly at the same time. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Did you ignore gotten... each other when you saw it? Well, I think we were in different bars because I was the one that was upstairs that you have to climb the the same circular staircase that you just climbed at the Astro Column. Then you have to do it again at the pub. Yeah. Uh, they have like a, the same staircase, basically. Nice. Um, it's shorter. But uh, yeah, you were at the, the other one, the tap Yeah, room. and like sunburned and exhausted and not paying attention to any, okay. anyone or anything. So it's probably beer, good. Really. I, I would have, uh, I, I probably would have stressed you out if I had shown up. Like, hey, I know you. Yeah, I would have just hidden under a table. Been like, shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So 35 <laughs> miles a day. Uh, the first day was that much, and then it was 30 and 25. Um, and usually the the current can be really nasty, and you can get a lot of headwind, which I hadn't really thought about on a kayak, but is as bad, if not worse, as with a bike. Okay. Same kind of thing. Um, we had two uh, – sorry, one solo kayak and then one tandem, and so we were just rotating. And uh, and there were a lot of, lot of sea lions out. So okay. we were, like, counting and matching the number of sea lions with the miles, and it was a tight, tight game. So we had three periods, and – at the end of the first, I think it was like 34, 32 miles to sea lions. Then it was close at the end of the second period or the day as well. But then they just blew us out of the water on the okay. third day because there's this huge colony that has come up from San Francisco because there's apparently a shortage of food. Fascinating. And it's like uh, like a bee horror movie when you get into a story. You just start hearing this like barks from a distance. But like, yeah, really guttural and terrible. And then we were trying to figure out where they were coming from because it seemed like it was the middle of the river. And then we saw this buoy. And there were like five 
hugely fat sea lions like <laughs> sitting on top of each other on this buoy and other sea lions in the water barking up at them and they're all on top like no way dudes this is ours we're never leaving <laughs> they're all like playing king of the hill or something totally, yeah just climbing on top yeah, of like each trying other. to knock each other off and then you get into the docks in town and it's just this, like big blubbery mess of right sea lions. like thousands of sea lions that's the thing there. so Aaron, you and I almost exactly a year ago saw elephant seals oh, yeah. on the sand That's down right. uh, in what's it, San Mateo? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, down where the Hearst Castle is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been there. Those that things beach look is so terrifying. they look so funny, just like laying there. They're like big slugs covered in fur. But then they move, and then they show you like their tusks or whatever, and you're mm. like, "That's not a slug. That's a mammal." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they yeah. one like, to be reckoned with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There were signs all over the place that said, "Warning: Sea lions are aggressive." Like, Stupid tourist kayaker. Do so not I was going to say, like, <laughs> in a kayak, like, you don't really have much recourse if they decide to, like, yeah, you, you know, just kind of cross your fingers you or whatever. There were definitely a couple times where they'd pop up and, uh, and they, like, arc themselves out of the water and look at you for a really long time and they just do it over <laughs> and over again and then they'll just disappear under the surface. And so we were just waiting for one to come up like, underneath us and knock us right, over. Right, right. But uh, it didn't happen. They got within a few feet several times, though. Okay. I was just listening to NPR about uh, uh, the controversy about SeaWorld and the, the orcas that are there, or the killer whales, mm-hmm. and uh, it made me think about being in the water with big mammals and how, how that really doesn't sound like that much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a new controversy with SeaWorld? No, it's the old okay. one, the blackfish thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, though, NPR, a Fresh Air, they did a great like both sides sort of thing. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, there was some, some author who just wrote a book, and then SeaWorld uh, executive guys. I think the author was probably a better, I think he was more right on. I was going to say, is there well, another side? And there's the SeaWorld <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah. And they had those guys on. And not because I'm some crazy liberal, even though I am. But, uh, you know. I, I just, I mean, I love, I have a very conflicted relationship with zoos. But in the meantime, like, whales, sea lions, dolphins, they're way more intelligent than the average animal at a zoo, except for maybe elephants. Um, and so... I don't know. I, I yeah, something about a really intelligent animal that you forcibly capture and uh, then you know keep in in a pen uh, with other animals that they didn't choose to live with or they may not want to live with. Right. Uh, it, it just seems like a a recipe for disaster. Really. Do you think if they remake Star Trek Four that instead of coming back and getting blue whales, they're going to come back and get like like orcas? Um. If they remake Star Trek Four, it's the one where they slingshot around the sun. Yeah, and then they like beam whales into the Enterprise. Oh, and that's they right. Travel they... back to the future and save the world, and the probe leaves. Uh, maybe it'll be orcas <laughs> in the remake. <laughs> because yeah, because orcas are now way more important. Yeah, and they could keep it like like you know current. So, exactly. anyways, we're talking about totally. seals in the. In yeah. The, yeah. Uh-huh. I, have con- <laughs> I have a confession. I've never actually seen an episode of Star Trek. Oh, that's okay. It's a, yeah, okay. That's a weird religion. <laughs> <laughs> Who called, I think Johnny K called it the the weird religion of Star Trek. Yes, yeah. yes. Because that's because we were fighting for like what I wasn't even here. You this over the last summer, you were fighting with uh, various guests about whether Sulu was a commander, like what color his shirt was. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I think it was it was Lillian that started oh, okay. that whole gotcha. that whole thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Then, so uh, Tim Mooney, a fellow Trekkie. Oh, true. And, podcaster yeah. and guest. We can argue on. about it if you want. Yeah, with sure. like actually no the shirt was periwinkle. I'm great at definitely just making shit up. I want to see you two argue that point without knowing anything about it. Yeah. 
really? I was going to ask about the uh, <laughs> about the tandem kayak versus a single kayak. Uh, I have limited experience. The only time I went kayaking, I dumped myself into Puget Sound and I lost my expensive glasses. Yeah. So I bought cheaper ones afterwards. But um, was that solo or tandem kayak? That was a solo kayak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but did you have a preference between the two? Um. It was kind of nice rotating between them because the tandem, you definitely don't work as hard. And, um, yeah, you just end up going kind of faster. And, like, one person will take the rudder in the back and the other one can just sit up front and and steer. So it could be a nice break and, you know, talk to somebody for a little bit. Okay. But the solo was really fun because you just – it's much much lower to the water and you maneuver much more quickly, a much more nimble boat. So you could just kind of go off on your own and uh, it just – it felt more like kayaking. You know, the tandem's like a canoe. Yeah, but it was really tiring too. I mean, keeping up with a tandem in a solo kayak is just twice the work. Basically, Wait, were there three of you that went? There were three of us. I thought there were only two this whole time. We learned so much every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking, I'm like, why did you have a tandem and <laughs> two people? Well, yeah, why would put, you take turns? A, yeah, we put a labradoodle on the back. <laughs> we just really thought weird. we needed a mascot, so. <laughs> <laughs> not a figurehead, but but actually to steer the kayak. Yeah, the labradoodle was doing this. this yeah, job. we just we taped him back there. And, uh, <laughs> Wait, so it was two Brian's and what was the other guy? Two Brian's and a Jeff. Okay, perfect. Coming out soon on a uh, station nobody watches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on stars. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, any stars executives who might be listening. That's to the right. Podcast. We totally lost <laughs> well, that there, sponsorship. Yeah, there goes those dollars. <laughs> uh, w- <laughs> so you did not warm up a lot for this. It, you no. said the trip happens every year. Had you done it before? Did you I say or this no. is your first time? Yeah, okay. this is my first time out there. So uh, comparing bicycle touring to tandem touring. Were you camping or were you uh, hoteling yeah, or you something? Know, there were a lot of similarities in just that every single small town along the riverbanks we would stop in and check out. You know, and it's from a very different vantage point. You approach any town on the river and it just looks like water world, you know, totally dystopic because no city or town really cares for its waterfront in the way that, yeah. that they will on land to try to project this image. Like, have you guys seen Portland from the water? Oh, well, only really once or twice. From the water, no. Outside of the main area, basically between the Broadway Bridge and. I guess like the, Selwood? I guess a little bit further south. Yeah, almost down to the Selwood. It looks like Portland wants you to think it looks, but man, you get north of the Broadway Bridge and it is messed up. Oh I yeah, mean, it's really? like these, yeah, like aquatic housing project looking things that are crumbling into the water and big docks that aren't really in use anymore. Some that are tires all over the place over these piers. Um, a lot of industrial pollution or things that look like it, but it's cool. It's really really great and it. it you know, shows Portland is the city that it is that we don't get to see that often, which is a city that is it's a massive port, right? Right. And tons is happening down there, but it's really easy to just forget that there are like enormous container ships that are coming through the city all the time and, oh, yeah. and moving, you know, all the way down the Columbia and then out across the Pacific Ocean and, and just forgetting that part of, of the city. It's kind of nuts just like thinking about it from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with uh, William Least Heat Moon? Yeah. You can River Horse? Yeah. Did I you just, read that? I just picked it up. I read Blue Highways and loved it. Okay. And, uh, I have not read Blue Highways. So uh, either of you two know what we're talking about? Nope. <laughs> William Lee's Heat Moon. I think Sulu's shirt was red. <laughs> yeah. uh, later on, it started yellow. I think it was hypercolor, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he got really nervous, it got kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> the sweat stains were really embarrassing. <laughs> this guy wrote a book about uh, going across country by boat, which actually I think Tim Mooney recommended to me, which is why I read it. Mm-hmm. But uh, fascinating. And he was talking about the idea that, like, you know, used to be rivers were uh, the the commerce routes. They were the way people got from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a vibrant waterfront. And kind of like train tracks today, like, 
you just don't have as much going on near that anymore. Um, so on his trip, he, I remember he said, like, every town he went to, they would have to climb up and find out if there actually was a town where there's, they said there was a town. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, there's this town, Cathlamet, uh, Washington. Oh, yeah. Which was super cool once we got up into it. But you pull up, and there's this barge family, tugboat family. It was, uh, um, I cannot remember the last name, like Burkos or Barcos or something. But there were probably 10 tugboats, and they all had first names, too. So it was like Ellen Barcos <laughs> and, and John and Bob. And they were you know, all kind of slowly sinking into the water. Some of those were good, but there were a lot of old, rusty ships. You get up on shore. The first thing you see is a bar that is like a parallelogram. You know, it is leaning over sideways. Oh, wow. The next thing is the funeral home. And, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot better from the rest of the block. But then you get up onto the main street and it's really cool. Like a Mexican restaurant just opened and there's a microbrewery and it's like there are people walking around. And, um, but yeah, you don't get that perception from the river. Yeah. It says something to, to how, how cities orient themselves for traffic, right? Definitely. Um, Yeah. You arrive, you generally arrive by car or bicycle or or whatever, but rarely by water. Yeah, so they don't really need to present their face yeah. to the to the water. Um, I don't I don't want to hog all the time here because hog this it. is a sibling podcast. <laughs> but I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I'm doing uh, a project this summer on the Mississippi. Are you? A friend of mine owns a stern wheeler, so you know, like the old oh, paddle yeah. boats, the big paddle boat. Yeah, and we've been remodeling that, so it's going to be livable, livable in like big quotation marks for three <laughs> large men. And we're doing this uh, project called the River Signal, which uh-huh. we're going to put the boat in just north of the Twin Cities. And go all the way down to New Orleans over the course of the summer. Oh, and that sounds so, fantastic. Yeah, really excited about that. And thinking a lot about that being the like a highway, right? Yeah. Um, and along the way, we're going to produce a fictionalized serial podcast called The River Signal, which is basically like a sort of a fictionalized uh, version of the actual trip we're taking. Yeah. Set in a world that is dystopic and a little bit in the future where we're looking for this kind of mysterious river-based uh, radio station. And oh, people holy shit. This sounds so awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I yeah. am excited Wait, when, about this. When are you doing this? Uh, we leave in June. We're going to be starting to publicize it and talk a lot about it over the next couple All of right. weeks. Um, Very good. We have so much to do. I, well, yeah. You say you're still restoring the, the boat? Yeah, I mean, the the boat is, we've taken it out on the river quite a bit, but okay. uh, it doesn't have reverse right now, which <laughs> presents a problem. Cause those you should are the always only be going forward. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Never look back. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, like docking that thing, even in the best conditions, is like, you know that scene in The Matrix where, <laughs> yes, I'm referencing this. Um, where Keanu should, Reeves like stops the bullet and then it falls down and then he goes inside <laughs> Agent uh, Smith. That's exactly. That's what, what docking a boat is like every time. Yes. Also that, but also where Trinity is driving the, or piloting the helicopter and she has to bail out of it and he's on the rooftop and he comes like skidding to a stop with an ar- a rope wrapped around his arm that she's attached to yes. and he, you know, skids all the way up and barely catches himself. That's kind of what docking this boat is like because oh, one okay. person has to jump off onto the dock with a line, <laughs> like skid the thing to a stop and try not to hit the huge yacht that's moored right in front of it. So yeah, need to fix that. You should that. get the Wachowski bro. Brothers to like fund your trip. Then. Totally, I'm sure they'd be into <laughs> nope, it. Not the Wachowskis. Yeah. Uh, yep. Siblings. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but I was going to say you should probably get like liability insurance, right? Like that'd be the biggest thing, because then it doesn't matter if you hit the yacht. Totally. Yeah. As much. Yeah, because yeah, people that own yachts, I'm sure, aren't like you know. Like, oh, come on. I wasn't, like, you know, lawsuit. wasn't using that anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, also, exactly. can this ship can travel at upwards of like six miles an hour, so we can get away really Whoa. fast if we, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, it's a steam ship. Put it put in stealth mode and just. <laughs> <laughs> I like stealth mode as as in like. We turn the motor off and just float. That's right. Yeah. No one can hear you anymore. <laughs> we, we hide in the corner and just look at our hands and assume nobody can see us. 
<laughs> I like that theory. I, that where I use that sometimes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's cool. Uh, you will have to furnish a link for us so that we can uh, promote that when the time comes. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, is this going to be audio drama? Yeah, it's going to be audio really? drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am um, super excited. And yeah, it'll be kind of a crossover between what's actually happening and the stories we write. And we'll be doing the writing along the way. So, you know, if yeah. we end up getting attacked by Asian carp, which are these like this awful invasive species in the river. It could happen. Really? Oh, we're also going to be recording musicians along the way. I keep forgetting the important parts of this thing. Where, nice, uh, nice. They'll be part of the, the broadcast. So like this fiction that we're writing, the musicians we meet will be like brought in as characters basically and they'll have stories that come from this radio station but we'll also be doing sessions with them so we can feature their music as much as oh, possible this is super cool i am very excited are for you this. like already in contact with said musicians or are you just like gonna land somewhere and be like where Who plays where's music? yeah Both. where's the musician yep yeah. yeah we're just gonna have a bullhorn that's our strategy. <laughs> We're looking just, far. Just music. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like, so Galen, one of the people that's in this project, just has this magnetic ability to attract people with talent. Mm-hmm. Like, he could show up in any town, I feel like, within five minutes. He would know all the musicians there and be able to pick out the best one. Nice. And so Galen is actually in the book as well. This is the same guy that was oh, kind right. of the, like, nemesis best friend. He was the... <laughs> so this is kind of like a fan nonfiction offshoot of the book. Oh, yeah. he's, characters. The guy, he's the guy that, like, went on his own bike tour before yeah. you guys started. And he did That's it cooler. Right. He did it cooler. He did it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a, I'm going to go cry in the corner now. That was such an <laughs> interesting... memories. I Why did, did he write a book? I didn't mean to frame it that way. I'm so sorry. What I meant was... He did, was, but I burnt the manuscript. So. <laughs> You can see how close the line is there. It's, you're like right there on it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. This is all fascinating. I like river things. Uh, I like that sentence. <laughs> I like river stuff and shit. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about uh, what what do you irons do you have in the fire, Leah? Because what you're, irons yeah, do I have in the well, fire? You're always I, busy. I have to say, those are nice pants you're wearing. Oh yeah. Leah. Thanks. Are those Levi commuter jeans? Yeah. <laughs> Where could one possibly procure some of those? Where, say, where on earth are they available? if I were a lady and oh, I needed some good. jeans. <laughs> that was so subtle. I thought you were actually just, you know, complimenting my pants. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> Me too, I mean, I'll... I am, but... I'm complimenting your new Levi's pants. They have haven't Levi's had those pants. out that long, right? These are brand new this pants. This podcast gets $15 every time we say Levi's. Levi's. Levi's just Levi's. <laughs> Levi's commuters. <laughs> No, but Levi's did just come out with a commuter line for women. Yeah. They had their men's line. For like ever? Not forever, but okay. two or three years, I want to say it was. Um, I can't remember exactly. So it's it's nice to... I can't remember three years ago. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's nice to finally have some sizes that fit women. Right. Although I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that they only have up to size 32. Okay. Which, yeah, exactly. Which does not really serve all folks. And while I understand business and they're just trying to, you know, reach out to the people that they can make the most money from quickly, it just, it, it kind of it sucks. Kinda, it, it's yeah. kind of a pretty big assumption to say, like, if you ride a bike, that's that's the maximum size waist you should have. Totally. Or just exist in general, that that's what you're supposed to look like. Mm. I think it's unfortunately pervasive in the bike industry, though, with clothing especially, because it's a constant pushback of talking to people and that they'll only have up to, like, size 10. And what people have told me numerous times is, well, it's because, you know, cyclists are fit. Like, <laughs> Not all of us. What in the hell does that even mean? And even right. if you are fit, like, people have different body shapes. And I think Sometimes, it just perpetuates yeah. this notion that in order to ride a bike, you have to be... My you know, body's a different specimen. shape about every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say I need different size pants, whether it's winter or summer. Exactly. <laughs> but now that I have shit all over Levi's. <laughs> well, see, that's why we're not being paid yeah. by them. I and- actually really like them. <laughs> They're my favorite pair of pants ever. Well, it's, okay. it's indicative, I think, of just something, like you said, in the, in the entire industry. And and we're still, I think we still think that biking is, is sporty stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, we're slowly waking up to the you fact know, that it's an everyday thing. And I forget that because Portland is really different from a lot of other yeah. places around the country and that there is more of a generalized acceptance that, like, there are a lot of different ways that you can interact with a bicycle, mm-hmm. that there are more than two kinds of bicycle, those being <laughs> road bikes and mountain bikes. Right. And I think going to other places and visiting shops there, realizing that it's, it's viewed as um, a toy, as a, a tool for recreation only. And... Um, so we're pretty lucky. Right. Well, what do you see the bicycle as? If it's not just a toy or a tool for recreation? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's anything. It's also transportation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's bad to use it for recreation or as a toy. It's good for competition. It's also good for adventure. And I, I think the fact of the matter is it's just too simple, simplistic to say that it's only something that you use for for recreation in your free time. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. we'd agree with you. Yeah. Well, just jumping off what you said about, about body types as well. I mean, I think some people might use it for recreation, for commuting, and just have a different body type that is that is healthy for them, right? Like I was in the Upper Peninsula for a while this summer, and I went to Mar- – or this winter, excuse me, and went to Marquette, which is basically the snow biking capital of the states. Oh, yeah. And Youpers, people from the Upper Peninsula, are oh, generally yeah. like large people, right? And there yeah, were a ton of people riding these snow bikes around commuting to, to the university there, to the hospital, to wherever. And in, in Port, I mean, I, I guarantee that that some of them would not fit into Levi's definition of what uh, a svelte fit biker looks yeah. like. But clearly, you're biking all over the place. Yeah, would it be insensitive to say there's a lot of fat biking happening? <laughs> I don't yes. know. If that's, I don't know. <laughs> it, might, it might be. I don't know. I think I might have. <laughs> Send your angry letters to the yeah. Sprocket Podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked the uncomfortable silence that followed that. <laughs> I was just I, reveling in that for a I, while. I try and create those occasionally. <laughs> it's beautiful. Somebody's yeah. got to. Yeah. It was good, actually. Yeah. It was a joke that needed to be made. Well, okay. Um, but, there, but there's also, you know, there, there is a shop in town that caters specifically to women and their needs on a bicycle. I've heard of that. Yeah. If only. Yeah. If only there was a shop. You guys are so much better at promoting my business than I am. <laughs> I was with someone the other day and we were planning an event that was like going to leave from the shop, Gladys Bikes. And they're like, so what do you want to do to like promote what you do? Well, like, you know, dozens and dozens of people are there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, as a business, I'm supposed to be thinking of that. So, thanks, guys. Well, we're here for you. Yeah, here thank for you. you. And honestly, if anybody comes to town, uh, you should make sure you make your way up to Alberta Street. 29th in Alberta, is that right? That's Northeast. That is yeah. correct. You can have yourself a beer, you have yourself a cup of coffee, uh, and you could stumble in one direction or the other for either reason mm-hmm. to find Gladys Bikes. And I'll be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oversharing. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> That's why people come. <laughs> is there anything else new at Gladys Bikes that people should know about? That's a really great question. Probably. Snack okay. Parade, I feel like, is yeah. the biggest thing that I'm talking about these right. days. Yeah. And, well, like, I'd... pretty much the only thing on my radar. You have a totally. new mechanic, I believe. Oh, yeah. I have a new mechanic. Um, I suppose that's that's exciting. <laughs> there, yeah. there are more people coming there all the time. I'm really psyched to say that we um, we now have, like, a majority of women that are working there. The man that's there 
the man that's there. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, <laughs> he's, kind of, he's kind of a jerk. He's, he's kind of a jerk. No, here. this guy, Jim, that has worked there since the beginning is just the best person ever. And that's <laughs> yeah. not an overstatement. He just really is wonderful. Competition's over, folks. <laughs> I have spoken to this man, and he is, in fact, a very nice guy. It's called the Guinness Book. It's, uh, <laughs> it's nicest video. bike mechanic ever. Nicest bike mechanic ever. Yeah. But it's just great to have um, the, the two newest mechanics that we've brought on are both women. And it's great to have a staff that reflects the people that are coming in the door as well. Because I think that's something that you don't see enough of. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really great. So everybody. Oh, wait, wait. Where's the hang on? Ah, I'm so close. Are you going to play a sound? Yeah. Is. is it the Skype song? See, we're all. <laughs> <laughs> is it. Let's all have a freestyle contest to the Skype song. Oh, I'm gonna just gonna sit back from that contest. How about I judge? <laughs> just start off with what your name is and what you're here to say. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just gonna do this. If you're in Portland, go to Gladys Bikes. Yeah, go to Gladys Bikes because there you will find a place that has no misogyny and is totally co- totally catered to your needs, and they serve anybody. So go there. Damn it. And a saddle library. Oh, right. And we have a saddle library. And go, go use their saddle <laughs> library. All right. I like that you said damn it at the end. Those are like my favorite words. Damn it, I think, is the best. It's so like it's so tame and passe at this point. I remember hearing the damn word in a movie at like, you know. Was it Ninja Turtles? Maybe. I like it's oh, the, yeah, Raphael. He my was mom didn't boy. want to let me go to that movie. She read about it in Time Magazine. I heard they said a they swear. They say a swear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I just remember that seemed so like, I was like, <gasps> you know. And now it come, Now that's like, I had, to, I had to sift through like a few more more choice words that I didn't want to use. And I finally <laughs> let it on. Well, weird. damn it. Damn it. Yeah. Like, Fooey. No, not quite. So. No. Damn, it's just so good. Yeah. I've had that Sophie B. Hawkins song, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, Ooh. in my head oh, for at least. Least six years because I say damn so much. Nice. And every time I say it, I'm like, damn. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I don't well, Brian really appreciate <laughs> it. I try to forget that song, and then you bring it back over and over again. The poltergeist. I'm sorry. It's just, it's always there. It's always on the tip of my tongue. It's a manifestation in your head. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so it's uh, Gladys Bikes is the bike shop, and uh, Brian Benson writes is the website. And both of you are on the internet. Yes. <laughs> and we are professional. <laughs> we are on the internet. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. Right now. Why don't we do some headlines and we'll go to our mail. And there is a ton of mail because we took a week off. And you know what happens when we take a week off? Everything. <laughs> Everything I, rolls in. I honestly in. thought you were just going to play the <laughs> mail sounder. Oh, wait, wait. You know, wait, but I'll do that later. Oh. First of all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. All right, so first up, Tom. Allen. Sorry, Tom yeah. Allen. Sorry, I just realized I had to cut and paste. Oh, okay. A thing here. Oh, that's all good. Uh, hey, Tom Allen is working on a new film project. Yeah, yeah. He went to Iran, and uh, it's uh, it's he's lucky because he's British, and so he can do that. I don't think I would get to go to Iran right now and have a river adventure. But speaking of river adventures, just pretend you're Canadian. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, 
I, I, I hear that works. Yeah. Um, he said that uh, he's he's been doing interesting things. Everybody, you know, whatever they see, and they're always like, you know, what what's Tom up to now? Because he already biked around the world and got married because of it, and so it's kind of like you would think he would have peaked there, and he's got nothing to do. But he is, he's done nothing but upstage himself ever since then. So um, right now he's got this film project of, uh, I want to say he did bicycling, canoeing or kayaking, and uh, like animals, like riding a mammal of some kind. Oh, really? Yeah. So he did this amazing trip animals. with a friend. All sorts of animals. But, <laughs> yeah. Is he the guy who made a um, documentary? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw the movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, a, what was it? I can't remember the tagline. I'm bad with taglines, if you can't tell. But uh, yeah. Anyways, Janipar.com. Mm-hmm. Or tomsbiketrip.com. You can find out. But he is raising funds right now. I just sent uh, nine pounds, I think, to him uh, as a pledge. Nine pounds of what? Nine pounds oh. of money. Flesh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So anyways, he's crowdfunding this thing. And uh, I think he's he's holding this this movie, this film, hostage. He's like, hey, we'll make a movie if you can pay for it. There I can't go. pay for it. He already paid for one movie. And uh, so, anyways, he, he uh, has also been doing a lot of like free bike tours where he goes from town to town, like working his way through the town. Yeah, he did a great set of documentation on that yeah. trip that he took about just like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how much it cost. He got, I want to say it was about the equivalent of 25 pounds. That sounds about Unless right. Unless it was 25 US dollars. Not including, I think he said not including the equipment. That's what he spent. Okay. Well, because he had a great write up on like how, how he, basically assembled a bike for free okay. um, i want to say he spent 25 dollars or so on a bike bike just by cannibalizing parts and going to shops and asking friends say like hey you got any old sleeping bags or anything like that he assembled all the stuff he needed for his tour um basically for free or hmm. really cheap and then uh he spent no actual money yeah on the trip itself. on the trip uh, cool. and he went from well it was uh the hashtag was uh lay jog free lead jog which is lands end to John O'Groats, I want to say. Oh, okay. It's like uh, it's the one you do in Great Britain, yeah. where you go from like end mm-hmm. to end or something. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, it can be done. So this guy is pretty cool. So there's that. Next up, uh, Aaron Green from a few episodes back. His book, We Were Like Sons, is funded. Uh, it's all crowdfunding remember. all yeah. the time. Sons, like S U N or S O N? S O N. Important oh, to clarify. Like yes, okay. we were yeah. like. <laughs> a massive of incandescent gas. <laughs> we were, like, we were uh, shining bright. Yeah. Um, yeah, so his write-up is, Friends, it's funded and it's finished. 30 days ago, I was frantically refreshing my internet browser after all the Kickstarter had just launched. Being all nervous and self-conscious, eventually I knew I'd need to lessen my hold and allow my family and friends to take charge. Today it's complete. You funded this thing. You being everybody who... Uh, donated on his Kickstarter. Uh, round of applause for no more annoying emails from Aaron about <laughs> pestering you to give. I know that's <laughs> not true. No. Oh, wait. Well, maybe I back. I kid. I kid. Oh, you're talking about me. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> you get pestering emails from me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really happy to hear that uh, that he made it. And matter, matter of fact, he was doing stretch goals at the end. So uh, that Stretch means, goals? yeah, I think, uh, I think he was working on some publicity stuff. I'm hoping to get like over a 60 degree lift. There we go. Hamstring. <laughs> that's the toughest one. That's, that's a hard stretch goal. <laughs> and you have time to do that after you've hit your fundraising goal. That's right. Finally, well, yeah. Stretching. I don't have to worry about like fundraising. I <laughs> yep. can just concentrate on stretching now. Yep. <laughs> oh, and if you've got a tight hamstring, there's nothing like a good stretch goal. That's exactly. You know what else there's nothing like? What's that? We got mail. 
Well played. All right, well played. then. I just push buttons on screens. I really um, I really wasn't sure what you were going to play at that point. <laughs> you faked me out so many times. Oh, uh, first yes. First up, the stick man's son takes his first bike ride. That's right. Jeremiah's first bike ride, and he YouTubed it. Yeah, and, and it's cute. To our, to our Twitters. Super cute. So congratulations, Stickman and Son. That's awesome. John from Goldendale. Saw a new story you might be interested in. Not bikey, but simple living. It harkens back to some of your food episodes, and we'll put the link up. It's uh, a fantastic article about... Uh, they did some rezoning in L.A., where uh, it, apparently at one point uh, it was illegal to grow gardens and things in the uh, like the separation strip or whatever, like the oh, the, the like public land next to the... Yeah, thing? yeah. Next to the sidewalk. And a bunch of people have been doing this, and it works out pretty well. So now it is no longer against the rules. Now you can right grow on. vegetables in the parking strip or whatever, which is great. So I like that. Uh, next up, Brock. Oh, Gerald says, Brock handled his foster encounter very well. This is where I got uh, yelled at by a guy in a Subaru at Reverse night. Reverse psychology option. Brock could yell, get off the road, you damn cyclist. I'll try that next time. I had a guy tell <laughs> me to pay attention because he was trying to pass me as I was turning left. Pay attention to the person that's supposed to yield to the person turning in front right. of me. Yeah. <laughs> I was so flustered. All I could do was, you pay attention. Your mom's paying attention <laughs> yeah. to something. Yeah. Ethan Georgie deals with parent drivers in school zones, makes an effort to maintain a zen-like calm. He sent an email about how he was like rolling through a school zone, and it's just like oh, that's man. where like all the people are like, kids shouldn't worst, walk. Yeah, the so they're driving like humanity yeah. comes out. It's so... Uh, backwards yeah. in a way, and making U turns and like all you know, people just—it's like there is no reason for that many vehicles anywhere, but especially at a school where people should be getting like I, I know there are dangers in like walking to school. Like I, the world is a dangerous place, but at the same time, it's not that dangerous. Like kids could walk to school and it would be okay. Their parents could walk with them. And they it, weren't so damn busy. <laughs> damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Quit your jobs, parents. Quit your jobs. <laughs> yeah. Next up, uh, Jim Gooden <laughs> uh, responds, earbuds are not. I use iPhone via its speaker cranked. Good Works great you. to hear your show and ears are free. <laughs> I'm curious uh, how well that works for him because I know he lives in New York. That's true. That's and a of, that's a my terrific. iPhone speaker is not that loud. I mean, the newer iPhone. Anybody have a newer iPhone or newer phone phone like some other kind? I have this big brick. Okay. That is pretty big. And it's, it's pretty big. Can you hear that thing if you're just like using the built-in speaker when you're riding your bike? Like, can you hear stuff out of it? Maybe you could play that Sophie B. Hawkins song and we could. <laughs> <laughs> if I played Sophie B. Hawkins in a quiet room, you'd be able to hear it from my phone. Not, okay. Not on a bike. I don't okay. Know. But not riding the street? No. Okay. See, that's the only thing. Like, I occasionally I've done the thing where, do you guys ever use like a helmet strap to hold a phone next to your ear? What? Like back in the days of flip phones, <laughs> I used to do that. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> I had a flip phone and I would like stick the phone, you know, just like in like cradle style. Where, like, like in that Y? Where yeah. Yeah, it opens up and the straps like kind of hold it together and uh, the phone was next to my ear and I could talk while I had both hands on my handlebars and it worked out pretty well. I tried that with the with the iPhone and sometimes it works, but like, I don't know, there's security. Sometimes I buy a new iPhone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I, I know someone who had done that and uh, I felt bad for them when I saw them on the side of the road and their new iPhone 5, they just got it like when the 5 came out and... The grass was the glass was all cracked. It was a, kind of a sad situation. So I don't know. Um, what do you guys think about earbuds? Like, 
should should they be worn ever when riding? I'll do it sometimes not in a city. Uh-huh. On tours of mountain side roads or like a huge shoulder highway, I'll okay. do it. But uh, in the city, I don't know. I don't I don't trust myself to do it. I feel like I miss too much. I'm also not going to police other people for, for okay. doing it. Right. So you have you know what's right for you. <laughs> no. That's yeah. what you're saying. I sure don't. But. Yeah. And maybe I should clarify my perspective on earbuds. Well, we're still figuring these yeah. things out, right? I think thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> my perspective on earbuds is like I, I'm okay with one in if it's not the one that is next to the road. Right. Like if I'm using my shoulder side, side of the roadside earbud, um, I will listen to people talk because that helps me pass the commute hours by. Mm-hmm. But uh, Leah, what do you think? I... I think I'm with Brian mm-hmm. that I can't really do it myself. I yeah. get way too into whatever I'm listening to. See, uh, there is there is yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And- Hawkins. <laughs> you have to be really good at like controlling Damn. your controlling your brain, right? You have to like partition how much of your attention you're putting towards your motion stuff, and that's the problem that everybody has with uh, with driving and, and phones. You know, like texting and driving is a terrible thing to do. Oh, sweet! But Jesus. people do it all the time, and yeah. a lot of things happen because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually because people are like, "Oh, I can do more with my brain than they actually can." Well, you can you can text and move in a way. I'm not going to say you can text and drive. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not what you were doing that is going to like harm you or others it's how fast you're going whilst doing it right right you know? how fast you're going and how huge and heavy and dangerous your vehicle is yeah well yeah probably, definitely you know? but it's it, when it oh it, my my thing that i always hammer down is hammer it, it. it is it's the speed that kills you it's the speed you know, I I could be on a bike and and texting or whatever, which don't do. But if I'm going like just a couple miles an hour whilst doing that, I might be able to steer clear of an obstacle a lot better than if I'm trucking at 14 miles an hour on my bike and, usually, and trying to text. Like the worst that happens is a highway and kind of moment. Highway smashes into the car. <laughs> Boom. No. Totally. Yeah. I watched Brian have one of those ones. <laughs> Not texting. <laughs> Not texting. Unforced error. Just waving. Just waving. Yeah. Trying okay. to be friendly. I mean, Thanks for that, putting that out there. It's a decent goal, right? You want to be a friendly guy. So. Yeah, I want yeah. to be a friendly guy and you know flip over my handlebars. And that was the first wheel that I built that I broke. <laughs> <laughs> it was and now we're back to the beginning. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Harm in New Zealand. Uh, stumbled across this clip from 2012 as as it's all cycling and skating. Thought you guys might like it. And it's actually a 45 minute documentary, so I have not yet finished it, oh, but geez. I have looked at it and I like I like the ilk. Yeah, uh, these guys have a cool. Yeah, they were like basically bike touring to places where they could skateboard. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's so, a really that's a really cool totally. like, thing to bike tour. Yeah, with. yeah. Uh, Darren Alf from Bicycle Touring Pro. Uh, one of his first trips was uh, his luxury item was a skateboard that he took along. That's with him. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this idea. Uh, next up, Marin Souders sends us a car sharing link. Uh, and this is from OPB. Yeah, uh, this is a story about, uh, what is it, flight car? Um, this is, uh, if you are leaving town, you can park your car at the airport, and it's kind of like the other car sharing services where, like, you know, you, you need to rent a car. I used that this last weekend. Uh, actually, someone I knew, not that I knew that they were on uh, relay rides, is the one I used this time around. Right. But uh, it just happened to be like a friend of Aaron Green's, oh, a mutual cool. friend. And I was like, hey, can I Small rent your car? World. And she said, sure. So nice. I did. Uh, but yeah, if you're flying out of town, you could park your car at the airport and then other people coming into the airport could rent your car while you're away. So seems nice. like a good idea. Uh, peanut butter jar mat. 
mm. shares a few links. That's what he's going to be known as now. Yeah. I think. Did I tell you I tried the overnight oats? Oh, how was that? Uh, it was pretty bad. Actually. Oh yeah. I tried to tried to follow the the steps. Maybe you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, was, I wasn't there. I didn't have a peanut butter jar. Oh, to try okay. With. Maybe that. Maybe that's the missing link. Yeah, I used a mayonnaise jar. Oh, yeah. That that seems like there'd be some issues there. <laughs> Badoom! <laughs> Come on, <laughs> <laughs> this thing on. Can you hear, Can you me, hear me, in me in the back? <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah. So Matt sent a couple of links in about uh, uh, limiting your technology. There's one about uh, artificial light, and uh, again, these are things I have not yet read because I was on spring break. Kind of. Spring break. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Um, spring training. Yeah, basic training uh, in spring. <laughs> so uh, uh, the other one was uh, ar- four arguments for the elimination of television, and I could probably get behind all of those unless they tell me that I can't watch things on Netflix. Well, I mean. Because it's totally you, okay, right? All the people I, that said, I hate you, kill your television. I don't even own a television. <laughs> yeah. Now they're watching all their TV on Netflix. Because yeah. so. it's somehow totally different. It's totally commercial. different. It totally it's is. Totally Binge watched yeah. House of Cards in one day, but I don't own a television. But I don't own a television. That's right, yeah. How was House of Cards? I didn't actually finish Oh, okay. That. Gotcha. Mm, it's not that good this season. This is okay. a great essay that uh, that goes from the perspective of like somebody watching uh, Kevin Spacey's character uh-huh. and just going like, this guy's a schizophrenic. He's always <laughs> turning to like some invisible camera <laughs> and talking. <laughs> uh, next up, Glenn from Morrowstone Island has a suggestion for more compassionate automobility. I'd suggest that all cars should be roofless to enhance opportunities for communication. It seems the facelessness and inability to communicate directly is what allows drivers to dehumanize others and behave so crudely and dangerously. He put that really well. I would just say it stops you from being an asshole when you have to face up to it. But (laughs) yes. His yeah. words were well, prettier. Look at YouTube comments. Seriously, yeah, if, if uh, isolation <laughs> and anonymity <laughs> is any indicator of of what an asshole yeah. like, you can be or get away with, one can get away with. I like his email signatures too. I'm just going to read this because it's fantastic. Glenn, <laughs> yes. the terror of Scow Bay in the Bramble Patch, Marrowstone Island, Salish Sea, Cascadia. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. You don't mess with that guy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I want to know where the Salish Sea is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need to go it's there. It's up in Washington. Oh, thank oh. you. That makes it less romantic somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Cascadia. Yeah. <laughs> Near the San Juans, right? I, it's down, uh, yeah, it's like uh, right at the, the northeastern corner of the Olympic Peninsula, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, Pathless Pedaled meets a Sprocket listener in Alabama. And I don't know if we got his name or not. We definitely have his I picture. Never, I never got his name. Yeah. So he's he's just smiling at the camera, which is awesome. So hello, listener in Alabama. Thank you. Whoever you may be. Bike local. Let us Bike know. Local. Yeah, that's what his shirt says. That, that's, pretty, mm, that's a pretty awesome shirt. Is that a, is that a, a pathless pedal shirt? shirt? Maybe. That might be there a you go. Shirt. That's our nameless nice. listener in Alabama. Oh, I was looking. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Graham is shining up an old bike for a touring event. Uh, he is... He's from the UK, and I'm not going to attempt my accent because I'm not very good at it. Uh, I'm into cycle touring, he says, but this year's project for me is an event called La Eroica. I think I think that's how the, pronun- the, the phonetic <laughs> pronunciation has me saying it. Eroica. It started yeah, so confidently. Yeah. Yeah. This is at the very end. That first Eroica. syllable, bam. 
in a lovely town called Bakewell in Derbyshire. It's a 100-mile gravel ride, but the thing is you have to do it on an old bike, in old gear, your bike older than 1987. I'm rebuilding my first-ever bike that I've kept for 30 years. It's a labor of love. The ride stops every 10 miles for local English fare and craft ales from the district, which is fantastic. La Roca means the heroes in Italian, hearkening back to when cycling in Europe was a passion like the vibe I get from you guys. Aww. It's kind of an antidote to the over-serious black <laughs> carbon fiber frame riding. Cycling is the new golf asshole, uh, assholes that have now swamped the previously beautiful UK cycle touring scene. It's kind of all about the love of cycling and a three-day family festival with bands, etc. So the wife and kids are coming. should be real fun. Well, good old-fashioned fun. If you're into it, I'll send you updates. Yes, we are yes. into it. Send us your updates. Yes. Yeah. Call us. <laughs> Call us. At- Tell us what you really think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Get a little excited. He says, it's not all good news. The bike is in bits at the minute, and I have made a right pig's ear of trying to repaint it. And I don't know what a right pig's ear is, but I'm right guessing it's bad. Ear, yeah. right well, it's better than the left pig's ear. Seriously, so. I love those. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, does that, does that mean like it's a dog toy or something, right? That's something you give your dog is a pig's ear? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, so maybe that's it. It's being chewed up by a dog. Being chewed up by a dog. Is that it? So much about gold, about pig's ears. (laughs) (laughs) Stick with me, kid. We're going places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, the link from uh, David Griffiths, Griffiths, who we had on recently, uh, put this up on Facebook. Uh, There's a modern bicycle micro gypsy wagon. It's pretty fantastic. Um, So just have a look at that. And then Johnny K., sent us uh, the best comment, and he sent us a voicemail. So we'll do both. All right. Do you have the voicemail queued up? Or uh, I can. I can read Why don't you read that up? thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Hate to tell you, but the price for all things have gone up, not just the rent. The cost of living is just too damn high. I put in the damn. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see if we get a law passed where all landlords are required to save money by riding bicycles. That way they will not have to demand such high prices. <laughs> Bicycles are a wonderful vehicle. I hear it gets you places. That's right, yeah. Um, and also, Johnny Kay and many other people commented on the last week's episode with uh, Glenn and Darren up oh in Oh, my Edmonton. gosh. We got so much response from the that. The Yegg Bike community was excited, as was everyone else. There, there was there, a... There needs to be like a like an actual physical crossover where yes. we go to Edmonton. Yes. They come to Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we're, we're together at the same time. And we'll time. pass torches. <laughs> and then you fall in love. I heard Yak yes. Bike. I heard wrong, right? Oh, uh, you did yes. did hear wrong. That's yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> Y-E-G. Although Yak Bike would also be cool. Yeah. I want to know more about the Yak Bike community. <laughs> right. Well, let's start the hashtag <laughs> and see it's what... It's a different location. Yeah. You can anybody can make a hashtag. So if you'd like put that up on on Twitter and it's then true. say like show show me it's some like yak a bike. Badly stuff. photoshopped picture of a yak riding a bike. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Oregon Manifest where they uh they compete to design new bicycles. I remember one year I saw it was the one that was covered in goat fur, I think, and had like mm-hmm. a set of like curling horns. Yeah, no, I remember that one. You saw that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like the the rims because it was a disc brake bike, the rims also had fur and the pedals had fur on them too. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Johnny Kay's phone call. <laughs> Brock and Aaron, this is Johnny Kay. You know, over the years I've called in and I've said that this show is really cool and that show is really cool. This show is really awesome and that show is uh, <laughs> this and that. Uh, but anyhow, after this show this week, I got to, I had to call in. I just had to because this is an amazing show. They They really got your format and everything down to a t so uh 
you guys, y'all gonna have competition. That's what I see. That's how I see it. <laughs> now you got competition out there. So I don't know. I mean, y'all gonna have to step up your game. So I can say, because those boys up north, <laughs> they got your number. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, nice. that's uh, yeah. I like how that changed from a compliment to a threat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch no, out. we're going to lose Johnny K as a listener to the people up north. I don't think we'll lose him. Those Canadians, they take our jobs. There's enough Johnny K to go around. He, he's already a oh, huge yeah. fan of the Pedal Shift Project as well. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. I think, no, I, I think I, everyone. I think, well, Snack Parade, he's going to be on that. Everybody. Hopefully. Yeah. Important stuff there. Seriously, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, thanks again to uh, Glenn and Darren for uh, doing the lion's share of the work last week. Yeah, that was It was a great show. Yeah. And I think the response that we've got yeah. is just a tip of the iceberg for them. Totally. Uh, I think they're on to something they can good do up it. there, and they can totally, yeah, they totally can do this. Hey, what did I say? That was a great episode. The River Signal was great, and it's still up on the internet, so you should go listen to it. Also, the book Going Somewhere is still available, and it's a really good read. And so, now, here are the credits that we originally recorded in that show. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you soon. All right. Well, this is a good time to wrap everything up. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 2503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Johnny K., Shadowfoot. Katrina Mellengard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson. Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney. Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly. Jim Gooden, Eric Wise, Doug Cohen-Miller. Todd Parker, Scott McAllister, Morgan Spriss, Gonzalez. Dan Gebhardt, Zoe Campania, John Blood. Allison Wiley, Andy Brunner, Dave Nose. Lars V, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkins and J.P. Cooley, Matt B. Patrick Arcane, Gabriel Trainer, and Sebastian Poole. And it's Archang, but awesome. Have a good night. Um, let me let me come over here and look at your list of things. It's now blue. No, wait, it's regular. Not Did blue. I just put beer in your pannier. Probably. <laughs> on the outside. Okay, we're good. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. Okay. Uh, here we go. Since Leah is going to be late. Tell me she's just going to like barge in and we all have to go like, oh, yes. it's Leah Benson. She's actually going to run through the wall. <laughs> That's our plan. And then she's going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Take a big bite from the Slim Jim. <laughs> Whenever Leah shows up, we start talking about you guys. Cool, yeah. I'm but until have then. to say until she's here. <laughs> like I can start sentences, but I can't finish them. <laughs> The problem with you. What was that Star Trek episode where they had binaries and there was like, you know, they came in sets and they all yeah, had to right. talk together? Was that classic or next gen? That was next gen, but it was classic oh. next gen. It was like season one. It was back when the costumes still sucked. <laughs> you are listening to Open Roads Broadcasting.